From intimate destination and micro weddings to large scale virtual and in-person conferences, trust a spoonful of planning to create unique personalized event experiences that exceed your wildest dreams. Collaborate with a dedicated, caring, and experienced team to bring your event vision to fruition, one spoonful at a time. Contact A Spoonful of Planning today for your free consultation. Hey, lovely ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Ladylike is Fuck. It's your host, Danny. We have Alexi here and one of my very, very special, special friends is here. We've been friends for over 10 years now, I think, almost 10 years. Um, it's been a long ass time and we are still cool. I would like to introduce everyone to my beautiful, beautiful friend, Tanisha Moody. Welcome, welcome to Lady Like Is Fuck, Tanisha. Thank you so much, Danny. I think I have butterflies in my stomach <laughs> from that intro. It's so great to be here. She was nervous, y'all. She was nervous as for, at first. But Lexi here, too. She just not saying nothing because I reprimanded her earlier about the way she did her intro. <laughs> um, but, you know, she here. She'll laugh in a minute. Uh, but <laughs> Tanisha is on the show to talk to us today about discrimination and capitalism in the workplace. And also, we will, of course, incorporate her into our our sex health topic that we have in the second half of our show. But before we do that, we do want you guys to be able to go online and link with Tanisha. If you can just run through and give everybody your Instagram names, your Twitter names, if you want, run your website through, let everybody know what you do, who you are, all that good stuff. Yeah. So again, I'm Tanisha. I guess you already <laughs> covered that. <laughs> But yeah, right now I'm working as an event producer and even have my own business, A Spoonful of Planning. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can find me on Instagram, creating eclectic experiences for diverse people. Okay. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Everybody. Weddings, social gatherings, those corporate cool. gatherings, virtual events, micro weddings, everything Ooh. in between. So go check me out on there. And you can also check me out on my personal blog, which is Sipping with Tea, which we are doing right now. I'm not going to say what's in my cup, but there is something <laughs> in there. And, and it ain't water. <laughs> all right. It ain't water. It is not. And that's at Tanisha L. Moody on Instagram. And dot com too, if you want to subscribe. Yeah, and Moody is spelled with two O's, M O O D Y. Just in case y'all out there and spell it with one O, like Modi, Modi, like Modi. But you know how people are, because they be fucking up there, 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 and there. Yes, they do. And we'll <sighs> be talking about that with Lord. our diversity. <laughs> Talking about messing up people's names, microaggressions, mm. all of those fun things okay. that happen in the corporate realm. Oh, that's so fun. But that is exactly why we have you on the show today. So you can talk to us about these things. And we know that you are an expert because you do have to do them at work and for your job. And I, I want everybody to know, like, Tanisha has a bomb ass job. I'm not going to put her job out there. She can say it if she wants to. But I want to let y'all know that Tanisha is legit. Okay. She doesn't just like work at someplace random. She works at like a big time company that all of y'all got in your closets. And I'm just so excited and I'm so proud of her because all my friends are doing like really legit things. <laughs> Thank you. And y'all probably have gone to some of the other places that I've worked, yeah. maybe for vacation or mm -hmm. staying in a hotel property. Yes, you've done a <laughs> lot since yeah. you graduated high school. You in like college, you like graduated crazy. and then like took everything by storm. And she had like these really like crazy jobs. And we were like, damn. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. um, I haven't. I haven't gotten laid in a long time. Hmm. A long time. I've been doing so well. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> I tell them and I'll be like, yo, don't don't be making fun of me for my jailhouse, like, set it off braids because that's what you gave you me, Lexi. Set it off braids. That's what you wanted. I mean, that's yeah, but for? like, dang, like. Is there anything to grab on to, though? Like, what can he grab on to? This ass? Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just Not kidding. the braids. That, no. would be, yeah. that would be embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> two french braids down mm-hmm. with like braids and then he could use like the braids to like slap me and like oh. that'd be huh. so cool i'm a huh. i'm a ass lawyer football player i'm asking because he's <laughs> he's like dirty and like disrespectful just enough to do some ignorant shit like that <laughs> but like would be so fucking cool about it i'm gonna ask him he's gonna laugh about it all right we'll see he always laughs when i talk about him <laughs> you on need the to show. find somebody oh you need to find somebody to do the braids you do the braids I can't do that. Not with no fake hair. Not with no Kanekalon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just call it? Kanekalon. That's what it is. A Kanekalon? The hair. Kanekalon? Kanekalon. Kanekalon? Kanekalon. Kanekalon. the hair. Spell it. No, that's too much. Is it like connect along? Have you never bought the hair before? Oh, you don't get braids and stuff. No, yeah, I don't I've do never braids. bought the hair, yeah. so I have no idea. And I've never heard of You don't even live along. near no hair store. Excuse me. Let me see. Um, there are plenty of hair stores in blankety blank Maryland. What? Like, I'm not gonna tell people <laughs> where I live. All right, there is stuff in you know blankety blank Maryland over there on Howard County. Yeah, I live in Howard what, County. This is how I thought it spelled. Yeah. K-A-N-E-K-A-L-O-N. I mean, there's not that much in Howard County. It's a no. It's braiding hair. Oh, the no, because I've never had my hair braided. After I can't use that. I don't know how to break with it. Well, I suggest you get on YouTube and figure it out. All right. Anyway, uh, (laughs) while Lexi goes on YouTube to figure out how to do (laughs) her big sister's hair, because that's where her job is, um, can you get into the affirmation section? Okay. Let me brief y'all real quick. So we switched it up a little bit. This week and alternating weeks from here on out, we're going to do one week for the what the fuck, and then the next week will be our affirmations and mental health segment. And so if you guys do follow us on Instagram, um, Lexi has been doing an awesome job on our Instagram posting for Mental Health Mondays, and I'll let her talk about it in a minute. Um, so we definitely wanted to incorporate that in the show because you guys have given us really great feedback on Instagram about it. So I'm going to turn it over to Lexi and ask her to do her job with some enthusiasm. Gen Z. Anyway. Uh-uh. So, <laughs> here's the affirmation for this week. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself for the past mistakes I've made. I look forward to the future with a positive mindset. Every day is a new chance to change my future. Mm-hmm. So, that's our affirmation. And it kind of ties into our Mental Health Monday post, which I made laying down. Thank you. I almost forgot about it. That's why I was like, oh, what's today? Monday. <laughs> Is that why you posted it so late? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, it was like nine o'clock at night, but people saw it. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I got the, whenever I make mental health Monday posts, I usually get the picture off of Twitter 
honestly, as I'm scrolling, I'll see something. People usually post all types of stuff on Twitter. So I'll just see it randomly. I'll be like, oh, this would be good for Mental Health Monday. Mm -hmm. And then when I get whatever the picture is saying, I'll make my caption based off of that. So that's where all of that comes from. I guess it could apply to my own life. If I took my own advice, maybe, you know, my life would be different. But anyway. Oh, Oh, we got deep. We got deep for a second, y'all. Um, do we need some more wine? No, but yeah, that's. I mean, you know, my mental health Monday posts—they just oh. come off the dome. You got something you want to talk if about? Anybody was wondering. To the no, people? no. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it in the car ride home. It's nothing to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. She said. But I mean, what do you, you want me to read the post? I mean, like talk about it. I mean, talk about like you know. What people can expect from Mental Health Mondays and oh, well, why yeah. you wanted to start the affirmations in the first place. I mean, affirmations just because, I mean, like, you have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, we're all listening to this podcast and stating our opinion and all this stuff. But And we all seem like we're so opinionated and hard up, but we all have feelings and mm-hmm. all of those type of things. So we just had to make sure everyone is okay. Everyone is staying inspired. So I decided, I first thought about the affirmations and then I was like, well, I guess we should do something on Instagram just to get our name out there because, um, mental health, like pages Mm -hmm. and like have been, you know, seeing our hashtag and commenting and stuff like that. And people have liked it because it's kind of personal, you know, it gets, I try to make it heartfelt. So that that. people really feel me. It has been super heartfelt. Like I'd be reading and I'd be like, this is beautiful. <laughs> and I like the cute pictures. Like the yes. picture always cute. Oh, the growing picture was so cute yeah, with the little thing. Cute. And I people like, have oh. been super nice. And I love when people comment with like their personal like things like, oh, I really love this. I think about this all the time. Right. And oh, I really needed to hear that this Just morning. Like that's awesome. Because sometimes it can seem like we talk about negative things a lot, but mm-hmm. we have to make sure we do positive things. Yes. Well. And we have to say that we don't hate men. Okay. Because uh, Mr. Producer over there thought we was bashing <laughs> men last time. Now we really going to bash men this time. I'm letting y'all know front and center. We going <laughs> to fuck y'all up this one. But... <laughs> We just we can cut it out. I know. <laughs> He's mad again, y'all. He's mad again. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you know, like, we do love men. I mean, we all love men. It's just, you know, this is our place to vent, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, just as yeah, we'll have men, some guys we get on, on the their show. shows yeah. and vent about us, we vent about them. But, you know, we have to acknowledge that sometimes our actions cause men to act the way they do. Yeah. So... That's true. It goes both ways. And if any guys are listening to this podcast, there is a great male podcast that you can listen to, and it's called The Notebook Podcast. And that features three young black men around our age, so the millennial age group as well. And they basically do the same thing that we do, but it's male version. (laughs) And so I love to like look at their stuff because they do polls and stuff. They just recently had one where it was like most embarrassing sex moment. And like all of their listeners were just submitting all these like embarrassing sex moments but they have a lot of listeners who are women um as well and a lot of um men so check that podcast out as well and you can listen to it you can listen to the both of us that reminds me of like girl code and guy code yes yes which we have a big surprise for you guys coming up with that topic but we will hold off on that. Uh, we don't, don't want to, wow. you know, spill the spill the juice all at one time. You feel me? Okay. Um, 
So with that being said, um, we hope you can take time with our affirmations to sit and meditate on it. If you need to, we'll also put it on the website and on Instagram and Twitter so you can see it. And just, you know, you know what you can do? Tell us how our affirmation how the affirmation has impacted your life somehow. Like, did you randomly thinking about it on the toilet when you was taking a drop at work this morning? Right. Or did it inspire you? Yeah. Like, did, did it make like you it? cry in the car? Give you know, did you go and buy a bike and join a midnight bike club? Cause that's what I did. Hmm. Do, what, what did you do? <laughs> like, what did you do when you heard this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, let us know. We love talking to you guys, but on that note, we will move on to our, topic today which is capitalism and discrimination in the workplace and we have our beautiful beautiful tanisha moody here to give us a little inside advice um about you know how you can maybe handle some situations if you're forced to you know deal with discrimination or even plain sexism in the workplace you know i'm not gonna talk i'm gonna I'm let her do it go ahead go ahead tanisha tell us what we need to know <laughs> yeah i feel like to start off with, we really need to figure out and understand that this whole U.S. economy was built on occupational segregation of people of Ooh. color. Mm, wait a minute. Yep. As well as gender. So keeping that in mind, like the government, the policies that they put into practice, that they that created the system from Jim Crow, from slavery to the New Deal's fair labor standards, all of those together that's what's making up our u.s economy right now and that's what's affecting the issues from race and from a gender perspective mm-hmm. thank you thank you <laughs> snaps, snaps to the words of wisdom right keep going yeah. keep going and coming from it from like a black female perspective okay i found this little quote here from the proceedings of the national academy of sciences of the u.s mm-hmm. she got notes y'all yeah. Go ahead. very oh. official she was, she was prepared and it's haitian yeah. <laughs> they said that studies show that hiring discrimination against black people has not declined in decades oh well there you go. I mean, it's not like we knew. I guess it's good to have some actual numbers and some confirmation now. It's always right. good to have receipts because people will definitely act like that's not a thing. They'd be of like, well, what about the increase in like black judges or something like and that? And the white people who are in denial will never ever believe it until they see it written down someplace it's by another they white the person. Yeah. You have to pull receipts with them mm-hmm. because it because who's writing those receipts? Exactly. The exactly. white people. White people. Yep. Exactly. If you pull it up off of Google, they can't, you know. And we're not hating on white people. We just saying they just. It's not all white people. I mean, you know, it's not all white people. We know who they are. It's never just one of anybody, but it's enough. It's always enough. And I found it, especially recently, creating events and experiences, like we'll get feedback like there wasn't enough diversity in the event. But we get that feedback, but who's making up the people of leadership? Who's making up the, the speakers that you're working with? Mm-hmm. Like, if those people aren't diverse, that's not on the people producing the event. That's on those people right. that are actually coming to the table, want to talk about it. And if you don't have diverse people at the table, and I hate to say that after I saw this quote about how assuming that it's a table means that there's some sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't yeah. want to 
approach it that way, but... So then what is it? We all just floating in the sky? Wait. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't mind there being a table. I just want it to be my table. Like, I want to... need. What know? we need to stop doing is trying to get to someone else's table. Yeah. yeah. Make your own table. Which, okay, that's that's not true. I understand why people want to get to other people's tables. If people want to take over other people's tables, because I'm that person too. But I feel like there's a difference of getting to that table and doing something when you get to that table and just getting to that table to say you got to that table and never doing anything with the power or leadership or authority that you get. So like if I got to a table, I want to bring more people to the table that look like me. As opposed to just being at the table so I can be like, oh, I'm the first black woman to sit on da-da-da board. Like, right. that that's not enough anymore. But you also had to, also had to make sure that you're not just like some kind of diversity monkey, basically. What is yeah, it? like you're filling a quota. Oh, you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, we have a, we, of course we have black people working at our job and you're not actually making real decisions. Oh, and you're not no. actually making any power moves. Like, what's the point of try, trying so hard to work for a corporation that does nothing to advance you mm-hmm. or your people? And how can you actually cha- change that corporation all around to advance black people? At the end of the day, you really can't. You have to make your own or at least go to work for something that is black. Stop trying to, you know, level up you, what you think is leveling up because it's white mm-hmm. and white does not always that's the problem people think white is better and best that's something that's been ingrained in our head yeah so I mean, every that's what time schools teach us that's yeah, what business schools that's teach. all what it teaches you have to try to beat the white man have to be you know what or fuck you have fuck to be the white him. man yeah like we no, are trying have to, to be, be better the than black them. man like you want to be the black person on top and it's not like I'm saying, you know, I want hundreds and thousands of only black people to be under me as well. I'm saying I want Middle Eastern people to be under me. I want freaking Russians to be. I don't care who's under me. I want it to be a diverse amount of people. But would I be extra, extra happy if I see 14 black people and there's only like seven white people? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going <laughs> I'm going for everybody black. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 all about what you do with it. And I think there's not enough people who are who are looking for true diversity. They're doing the quota thing, like you said, like, oh, well, if we hire two black people, then that shows that we're making a difference or we're doing something proactive. But what is what what is the quality that you're hiring? Did you just hire the first black people that you saw? Is there a reason that you hire these black people? And then what do you expect these black people to bring to the table? Do you expect them to just sit here or do you expect them to help you find other people of color and nationalities to enhance the school because you can't do it on your own and you realize that you need help, which is what I feel like we don't see a lot of. That's true. And I feel like y'all have hit on so much And I do feel like when we're having these discussions, at the end of it, we need to figure out what we can do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there are so many steps that we can take, whether we're in management roles, if we're in leadership roles, or if we're working as an employee. But some of those can start with talking to your HR department, seeing if they actually are interested in starting like systematic racism and unconscious bias training, because those are at the root of it, especially when it comes to... um, the recruiting process, like making certain that they're not looking at a name and then assuming that it's assuming that it is a a black person when they see that name registered, but also 
starting a culture club, creating a safe space and being willing to bring up these issues together as a unit and talking about them as, and even getting involved if your corporation already has something along those lines makes a difference. Like when, when you all are together and one is eating, you all can eat. Like there's so many opportunities to recruit, suggest applicants of Mm -hmm. color and people that you know in your network and bring them on board. So definitely make certain that you're reaching behind. Mm-hmm. And stop always underestimating people. I think that's something that happens too. Like, I and found underestimating my, yourself. Yeah, I found it. Like when my mom used to bring home applications um, for uh, attorneys in her office, and I'd be looking through them. And this is before I even went to law school. And I would be judging number one by the name because I'd be like mm, black person. Mm-hmm. And then if it was like a normal, I don't even, there's no such thing as a normal name, but if it was like a more commonly accepted white name, I'd be like, oh, mom. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. but it was like, I mean, I was, I was doing things like that because that is kind of like what you think in the legal world because mm-hmm. usually when you hear somebody with a more um, distinct and unique name, you're thinking, oh, they're ghetto. Oh, they must be poor. Oh, their parents must have been uneducated because why would a parent name their kid this? Right. First of all, it's not your fucking business what they named their kid. Number and one. we're taught that those names, we're taught like, we're taught that being ghetto and being poor is bad. It's wrong. Yeah. And like, it means that you're like less dumb. than. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote. And some of the smartest the whole people time, in the world they just have come don't out the hood. People like that. They a don't chance. give those people in those neighborhoods like proper education and proper funding for their schools then they talk down on them and i feel like in that sense especially like if you are a person i don't even know how to really approach this but if you are a person that feels they're being labeled as ghetto i feel like there's an opportunity to capitalize on that especially in regards to code switching like code switching becomes an asset like it does you might be working with someone in your organization that is black, that came from a similar background, suppliers, making those connections can pave the way for advancement. Like it, it's beautiful. So use that. You talk with your friends in a certain way. You talk to your black coworkers in a certain way. Make those connections. You have a, it's more unity. It is. That way. It's it is. Unity. It's beautiful. Since you're working under capitalism, like it's kind of hard to make changes in a workplace sometimes. It really depends on where you're working because they can easily fire you and hire someone else, hire another face. That was the whole thing about like make sure they're not just hiring you to be a diversity monkey, basically, just to yeah. show that you're there, you know? Because I don't know, sometimes I feel like at my job, like Oh, I hate when they do this. Or I hate when they do that. But I want my COVID payback, basically. I know that. <laughs> I want my COVID payback. They still get COVID there. We still get the notification that someone got COVID. Mm-mm. So why are we not getting the payback? Uh-uh. And that bonus was taxed. Oh. So. Ooh. Anyway. Ooh. That's. Mm. But my head. I mean, sometimes I just want to like start something about that. But at the same time, they probably just fire me. They would. Depending on how much backing you had, they would. Because I'm just another body, yep. you know, yep. and 
it's just like my friend when I talk about it I get so frustrated by it they're just like you're working in the work in the wrong place to be you know trying to stress over something like that because this is capitalism you know anything you lose will be replaced and if you get lost you will be replaced but see that's the problem and you know what I hate when people are always like well why are you trying to start at the bottom and working your way up okay well because it has to start somewhere it doesn't have to just start at one place either why can't there be people fighting on the bottom people fighting in the middle people Mm -hmm. fighting at the top and people fighting at the tippy top because that is only the way that we're going to get changed because the bottom can make as much noise as they want but if that top doesn't have that same noise or push and persuasion then ain't shit gonna change because you know what you're right they are gonna fire 3,000 people and bring in 3,000 other like-minded people or desperate people to take your place and until the show gets on undercover boss they don't change shit like that And it's true. It's so true because Undercover Boss was doing a great job at really revealing these corporate workplaces. And unfortunately, right. the show is so wide, widely known now, it's almost impossible to do it. But in the beginning, like you were really seeing some shit on Undercover Boss of people I and mean, what was happening. And it was just like, well, I'm glad somebody's finally seeing it because people be dicks man people are really assholes sometimes yeah and you know sometimes you just hate your boss but Mm. hey that's capitalism it is and some people feel like that's why people have like what is it workplace depression or something like that that's probably a thing because they just feel like it's just a constant cycle of doing the same thing every day Mm -hmm. same job and there's really no chance of getting out of it because you live in check by check yeah that's why it's no such thing as middle class. And you know what? To be honest, I probably wouldn't have started this podcast if it wasn't for the quarantine because I wouldn't have had the time to do it. And exactly. I I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it either. It was kind of like, well, I ain't got nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> might as well talk shit <laughs> for a living now. It like, opened people's minds. It did. It made you, it made you almost... It quarantined you away from people long enough for people to realize that there is somebody inside of them. There's somebody in their hearts, in their head, and somebody who's intelligent and who still has that drive and who's still creative. They were just hidden by that day to day. And that's what I really loved about quarantine. All the cool stuff that people did and came out with, like we need this (laughs) like i feel like we need this we should have six months of like working our asses off followed by six months of just straight up r&r even though most people did not quarantine Uh, yeah but i feel like productivity would go up people if we had more time to like well the economy would go down that's the problem would it or would it go up because people yeah. would be happier? I feel like, and you're hitting on something great there. Like the economy, what you're finding in quarantine is that yes, it you're is able to be your whole self. Mm-hmm. And I think what people, especially when you're facing discrimination, is like there's a, a fear of bringing your whole self to work. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, I definitely feel if you're in the job process right now, if you're looking for a new job, ask these questions before you accept a job. Like mm-hmm. I know. I know it's it's easier said than done at times because like we all need money, mm-hmm. <laughs> but make certain that you're not putting yourself into an environment where where you can't be yourself, that you can't be black, that you Stop can't working be female. So hard. Yeah, yeah. Stop working yourself too hard. They can replace that job you. doesn't care about you. When you die, they're not gonna come to your funeral. No, nope. they're gonna give your family a little bit of money. And let me tell you, 
I had something happen at my job with me and my life and da da da, and my bosses didn't reach out to me. They don't care. They didn't about say you. a word to me, still have not said a word to me. And that has shown me the workplace culture that I live in as well. And the, it really showed me that, like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be with yeah. a boss who can't pick up the phone and be like, are you okay? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I was expecting that. Like, I was terrified to have to talk to my boss, but I didn't have to talk to my boss because my boss didn't care enough to reach out or say anything oh, but i did have a question tanisha because you always wear the wraps in your hair and you always wear That's the tribal cute. print scarves and everything mm -hmm. so do you wear that stuff to work as well or do you not wear it to work and if you did wear it to work what do you think would happen yeah so i've been natural since oh goodness 2015 yeah or so mm -hmm. well do you work in like a corporate i do oh, okay yeah most of my jobs have been corporate um, mm -hmm. A lot of public facing mm -hmm. um, roles, and with a lot of white people. Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, diversity and a lot of a lot of the roles that I've had has been particularly lacking. Mm -hmm. Not just on the black side, but also in terms of gender too. Um, there's not always a really? lot of female. So. Um, in this current role, it's it's completely different, though, which has been That's, very Oh, because you guys didn't see. She had this huge <laughs> smile on her face when she started talking about her current job. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I sport the natural hair to work. Um whether that's with my big poof when I had a lot more hair than I do or mm -hmm. if I wear these on the virtual calls right now. Right now I have, like, a hair turban. And I feel like in most of the roles that I've been in, there hasn't been an issue with that. There's been mm -hmm. a lot of my coworkers who also have natural hair too. There was only one time in particular that I can think of um, where I wore like a do rag to work. Uh, <laughs> a do rag? What you yeah. mean do rag? You That's mean okay. do rag? Do rag? You got short hair? No, well, now I do, but at that time I had very long hair, uh. and um, we it was the weekend of the ball, and uh. I had my hair like tied yeah. up and straight mm -hmm. and pressed and i'm natural so mm -hmm. like oh yeah, and it was raining that weekend yeah, yeah you so got tied up. and my boss who actually was a black woman was like are you gonna wear that all day oh. <laughs> oh. and i said yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> what did she say after that she was just like okay I was scared. Say. I swear I was holding my breath there because I was about to be like, oh Lord, become That's sorry, so is this? funny. Is this a traitor story? No. <laughs> no. Are you going to wear that all day? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said yes. Yeah. I'm glad you said yeah. good. We'll That's awesome. I'm glad you're having that experience at this current job because I feel like every day we're hearing about a company not doing something or a company that we thought we loved or cared about right. turns out they are doing some shisty undercover shit and I really hope that doesn't happen Agreed. at the current job that you're at I've had family members who have worked there as well in like smaller positions but I had really good things to say about the work culture there as well good. Um, even in the the lower positions so I'm hoping you can keep this job for a long time especially for when I have a kid <laughs> I do want to touch on though about being replaceable. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, of course, as black women, we've probably all heard it growing up like you have to be 
10 times as good as or better than everybody else. Yeah. And I feel like, in a sense, you should be doing that in your role, um, making certain that you're, you're indispensable in a sense. Um, I know I sometimes it's, it's difficult to find like what the company needs, like, but look at the bigger picture, see what problems that you can solve. Get your name out there. Find ways that you can connect with upper management, with leadership, if that's finding a mentor. Or mm. as I mentioned, um, asking for additional work. Maybe your mentor and you can partner on a project that's a project that's close to their heart that they just don't have the time and capacity to to mm-hmm. take to that next level. Step up to the plate so that when it's time for people to let go or when you're even thinking about leaving, there's justification for the company to be like, no, we know this person. We like this person. Mm-hmm. We want them to stick around. And with you sticking around, you bring other people on board too. Boop, there it is. And I really loved the whole mentorship thing. I think a mentorship program is something that anybody can start. It's something that's very easy to start, especially if you're in one of those um, cultures that has a lot of junior, senior, mid-level executives, um, especially with interns. I mean, how easy is it to match an intern with an upper level person? Plus, I know that if you can prove that you can start a mentorship thing, then you can really push yourself to um, push for diversity, um, inclusion activities and right. more trainings. And the next thing you know, you might have a whole new executive position that they make for you. That's diversity and inclusivity. And, you know, you might get paid more for that. Plus, right. they'll definitely want to keep you on because they're like, oh, remember that mentorship program? That, you know, brought in all these interns now and that yeah, we've had for 30 resume. years. Yeah, that's what da 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 started, you know? Yeah. So, and that's easy. And that's also something you can do to keep under the table as well. If you're kind of afraid mm-hmm. of your bosses and things like that, you can start it with people who Just you know you can trust. Opinions. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. See what people mm-hmm. want. And you don't have to, you know, talk you. about it in the office. You can meet outside of the office on weekends, right. things like that. There are plenty of ways to separate the work-life balance and work. You can also get like fitness groups together in your office. Like all of you go out and do a spin class or mm-hmm. or something, kickboxing, things to just kind of boost up morale in the workplace that make you look like a leader right and somebody who's also caring and thinking about others and who really is dedicated not only to their job but even if you don't like your bosses it makes you look like you're dedicated to your (laughs) bosses because you're trying to retain their employees for them exactly so it's always a good look to be proactive that way but you know that was great Tanisha do you have anything else that we can add one topic that I feel kind of gets skipped mm-hmm. when it comes to discussing discrimination in the workplace is microaggressions. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that's so common. It. Yeah. Get, give people some examples of microaggression in case, in case they need some. Because I feel like some people might need some. Oh, I have one. I have one. Ready? Here we Hit go. Me. Oh. Look at your hair. It's different. You're wearing it natural? Oh. Well, I like it when it's straight, you know? I feel like it, like, suits your jaw better when it's straight, you know? You look more serious. That's microaggression, and that's fucking racist. (laughs) People, yeah, the hair thing in the workplace, and even hair in schools. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Hair in schools. That's also a big thing. Which is ridiculous. But you have to realize that professionalism is just, it's a social construct, basically. Yeah. And it doesn't equate to hair. 
Okay. It's really <laughs> about it's really about what people it's all, it's really just someone saying what's professional. Yeah. It's not anything official. Yeah, There's no right. such thing as professional what's professional and what's not. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is things that are professional, but it mm-hmm. doesn't include what's on your body. It doesn't include it shouldn't include at least tattoos. Well, I mean, hair. you know, if you're a it's lawyer, don't be walking out in like a two piece, you know, fashion nova suit. I might I mean, look no, at you a little no, funny, no. but <laughs> it's not what you wear. It's you definitely know, it about is. what you wear. But I mean, you know, there I feel like there's also a lot of ways for women now, like I know at least we talked about it in law school. Excuse me. Wow. Too much alcohol. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In law school, we talk about um, dressing for women. And Mm -hmm. so um, back when female lawyers started, you had to wear a skirt and um, a jacket. That was your suit. You were not allowed to wear pants. And women really pushed so they could wear the pantsuit. And now you see a lot more women who do wear pantsuits. But that was like something that just got okayed, like mm. more like with the women's movement. Um, and actually much later on yeah. for female attorneys, more of the 90s, late 80s, you see more pantsuit. But that was something for them. So if you were female and you came into the office as a pantsuit, that was like against the dress code. You'd have to go home. You could get fired for that and those are just like small things like my things to like differentiate women and men you know Mm -hmm. because if you're in a skirt you're obviously not a man so you can't do a man's job you know what I mean yeah and just trying little things to close that gap which which they all thought was looking the same like a man if I look like a man how can you tell me I'm not a man you know which is ridiculous you shouldn't have to try to compete with them in order to be seen as equal to them <sighs> i cannot how you gonna tell me what i'm wearing like and i don't even like skirts so i definitely wouldn't be able to deal with that <laughs> <laughs> like i don't even wear skirts and then like it's the whole thing with if i did come in with a skirt and say like it's it's a woman that like you know is shapely mm-hmm. right. oh that's my favorite. and then they'll still say it's inappropriate because mm-hmm. they'll say oh it's too tight or something like that and mm-hmm. it's like well that's mm-hmm. what's on my body like if you got a fat ass then you can't help that right oh like the teachers when she used to wear the outfits did you see that one teacher she was beautiful beautiful woman light skin tall pretty kind of blondish brown hair and she had a huge huge ass very very thick but she was beautiful, very nice shape. She was thin, everything. Mm. And she would wear like pants and a shirt and she would tuck the shirt in like you're supposed to do. And so of course her butt, you would, you'd be able to see it, but parents, and she was like a first or second grade teacher. First of all, not even like high school. She had babies, like kids. And the parents were saying that she was dressing inappropriately around the children. It was too sexual. And she was like, they're sexualizing but I'm, it. They right. are. Like, I'm wearing pants. Like, what What can I wear? And then they will wear skirts. So then she wore a skirt. And, of course, the skirt showed her curves even more than exactly. the pants showed the curves. <laughs> so they were mad about the skirt. And that was kind of her thing. She was like, well, what do you want me to do? Put on sweatpants? But if she put on sweatpants, her ass would still show because she got ass. Exactly. <laughs> you can't help with something. The thing is, people keep trying to that, – that's what kills me. Like, you trying to – cover up the woman you need to fix yourself yes. like obviously you're the one that's sexual the kids kids don't think kids of stuff like that until that's put upon them yes. then they be then they be looking at they teach your ass and stuff because yes. you are like, they probably you know, hated her like oh you know miss jennings you know that's just a teacher <laughs> it's like you know what i'm saying it's like it's the parents it's not even just the dads actually mm-hmm. it's the moms because it's the moms yeah because they be like 
Mm-hmm. They afraid because they afraid that their husbands got yep, wandering exactly. eyes and they wouldn't know what to do. With and they're that. like, oh, let me blame. Let me cover the woman mm-hmm. instead of dropping him. Anyway. Same way when, you know, the guy cheats and the girl only goes after the woman and not the man. And then the girl get called a hoe. Yeah. But it's like, but OK, but hoe. but he put his dick in her like right? your man it's- made a decision to get horny and fuck this bitch. Someone else. Yeah. And you mad at her because she took it? Like, what the fuck? Mm. Get at it. Anyway, y'all, that's a whole nother discussion. But, uh, <laughs> but this has been a great conversation. I feel like we touched on so much stuff and there's always so many other things to touch on. That's the sad part about the podcast. It's I only know. like an hour, hour and a half. But we we could talk about this stuff all day. We could do a whole season on... Capitalism in the workplace. Yeah, and racial discrimination, discrimination and microaggressions. Gender discrimination, yeah. all of that. And if you guys want to hear us talk about it again, we can definitely bring Tanisha back. We can bring in more people. Um, what? <laughs> yes, because she did bring alcohol to this lovely event. But the one thing I do want to say, I did want to give one of the experience, um, one of our um, listeners actually responded on Instagram. Oh! And um, she had... Two and she, yeah, you can go live. Hold on, y'all. We're gonna go live. We're gonna well, get my live. phone actually interferes with the microphone. That's the problem. Oh, well, okay then. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just read it out loud. That's okay. Y'all see our face next week. So she said that while my back was turned to the point where I had to, oh, I'm sorry, it's two things, it's one. Okay. She got a new hairstyle and all non-people of color were invading her space and placing their hands in her head to oh, the point oh, no. to, yep, to the point oh, where no. her, while her back was turned, she, um, had to hang signs that said, don't touch my hair. What? It got that bad in the workplace. That only happened to me once when someone touched my hair in the workplace. Oh my goodness. And I ended up finding out that he was racist later on. So I was just like, ugh. Mm. But, I mean, I was working at a, I used to work at a restaurant as a host and, um, one of the bartenders, he was like, I had like a half up, half down and the top part was a bun mm-hmm. and he was like, boop. And he touched the top like, boop. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, huh? like, mm-hmm. don't, huh? don't touch my hair, but don't boop he me. never did it again. But then I found out later on that he was a Trump supporter. So I was just like, <gasps> oh, <"Bitch."> <laughs> Like, uh, ew. And on that bitch note, we will take a short break and we will be back with the sex section. From intimate destination and micro weddings to large scale virtual and in person conferences, trust a spoonful of planning to create unique personalized event experiences that exceed your wildest dreams. Collaborate with a dedicated, caring, and experienced team to bring your event vision to fruition one spoonful at a time contact a spoonful of playing today for your free consultation here we go we are back with the sex health segment and this time we actually have dr tamika cross with us live on the well not live but she's live with us because she's (laughs) on the phone with us but (laughs) we have her here to answer questions so you can hear her she is real i'm not just making up this random doctor she exists she's based out of houston texas and there's a time difference and she has made time to talk to us and i'm so excited thank you so much for being here dr cross 
No problem. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be a part of this. Yeah. So just, um, I guess you can just start by just telling everybody who you are, what you do, what it's like in Houston, because everybody loves H-Town and we all wish we were there, but we're not, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, not not during, you know, these times. But... Right, true. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so um, my name is Tamika Cross. I am from um, the Metro Detroit area in Michigan. And um, I went to undergraduate at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And then when I graduated, I headed down south to Nashville, where I went to an HBCU for medical school. And that was Meharry Medical College. And after that, I went ahead and finished my residency training in OBGYN at the University of Texas here in Houston. And I've been here ever since. And I love it. And I don't plan on leaving Houston anytime soon. Wow. So in Houston, do you have your own practice in Houston? Or are you working with um, like a hospital practice? What do you how does it work down there? So after completing my training, I actually stayed on as faculty as a as an assistant professor with the University of Texas. Um, currently, um, I am in the process of starting my own practice. <gasps> yes! Oh, goodness, Black lady so practice. exciting. <gasps> wow. Okay, so we all need to move to uh, to Houston so we can all be with Dr. Cross. Right. Definitely. Ooh, yes. We should look into that. <laughs> I know my roommate wants to move to Houston, so she'd be super excited. Really? I definitely, yeah, she loves Houston. Like, wants to go to grad school there and everything. And I've only been to Houston once, and it was so beautiful. Yeah, Houston's nice. There's a lot to do. Um, The real estate market's a lot better. You can get Mm -hmm. um, a lot of houses and land and things like that for a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. And um, definitely a lot of black professionals down here. So I love it. It And fine-ass men, okay? Because when I was down there, (laughs) okay? I was looking around like, dang, okay, Houston. And they were also gentlemanlike because they got them Southern manners. And I had, I found one guy on, I hate to say I was on Tinder because I was bored. I was down there by myself and I was down there for like five days. And I was like, okay, I'm not just going to sit in my hotel for five days. So I like went on Tinder, found some guy, like we went out to, he took me to like the other side of Houston, like the real side of Houston, Texas. And we went to this bar. At least he took you out. Well, yeah, it was, I mean, I had to go pick him up and drive him there. And he looked nothing like his photo, of course, and lived with his grandma. (laughs) You know, it's... (laughs) Many downsides. Okay, (laughs) you know, but the club was very, very Houston. And, like, I remember seeing, like, cars with their hoods up with, like, the um, electronic signs in the back. Mm -hmm. And people were playing, like, different music. And I was like, wow, this is... um." This is how you do it down here. He was like, yeah. And then he called me skinny. And I was like, skinny? He was like, yeah, because the women down here, they got meat on their bones and you skinny. And I was like, well, <laughs> I ain't never been called skinny before, so I'll take you. I was like, ah, okay, I'll be a skinny girl from Maryland. Yes. But it was so fun. I had the best time in Houston. And I'd love to go back even after that experience with that guy. <laughs> Houston, nice. Cool. It's really nice. Okay. So I guess we'll get into our questions. So, um, Dr. Cross, can you tell us maybe like some myths that you have typically ran into with some of your patients or what you're seeing online that people should know about? 
Yeah, there's a lot of different myths out there, unfortunately. <laughs> People get their medical information from Google or friends or cousins or grandma. Yep. Yep. Yes, they <laughs> so, do. There's a, there's a lot. Um, a few of them, I'm trying to think of something that I hear most frequently. Um, I've heard of things like, um, for example, like when your water breaks, that it's going to be like a dry birth and that there's no fluid dry. in there and the baby's just... <laughs> what? Like painful dry? Yes. Well, I don't think they're they're referring to that as like a painful thing, but they're just assumed that when their water breaks, that there's no fluid in there for the baby, which oh. essentially it, it's true. Um, but the baby's continuously making fluid. So the amniotic fluid that the baby's in is actually like fetal urine. So as the baby continues to urinate and then swallow it and urinate, oh, kind of cycles through the baby. Urine. I know. Yeah, I know it sounds a little gross, but that's the way that, it works. Though. Yeah. I thought it was also like nutrients and stuff in there that came from well, the Well yeah. From the Wait, uh, this might be an ignorant question. So is pee healthy to consume? No, Jada. <laughs> you can't consume uh, pee if you no. are stranded on an island. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend consuming uh, urine at this stage. <laughs> but no, while the baby's developing, it helps like the nutrients and stuff and it actually helps like develop the lungs and things like that. So it's like a cyclic process. And so even if your water breaks or if you have a leak or things like that earlier on, like the baby still continues to produce fluid and then it's not all going to come out at one time. So that you know, um, when people say that, that that's not true. Um, <laughs> I can't believe somebody said that to you. Ew. Oh, yeah. I've, I've actually I mean, heard it pretty a frequently. Question. Seriously? Yeah. I would have uh, never thought that. I mean, I guess that because, like, when you're watching TV and you see someone breaking their water, it's always, like, a big dramatic thing. And it just looks like a lot comes out. I so guess. people probably think, like, damn, it's nothing left for the baby. But think about how much but you why bleed does the baby on your need period. It? They're about to come out. Like... Oh, all right. I guess maybe People I don't just realize don't how think about it that much. Mm. I, yeah, I mean, I think people think about it when they're pregnant and they're just like, well, if my water, which if your water breaks, I mean, obviously, if you go to the hospital and the baby does need to come out, but exactly. people think that, it's, that it's like a bad thing, but it's actually, it's part of the process. It's part of the labor process. So you want your water to break. <laughs> and if it doesn't, I mean, we break it at, you know, when we think it's best. So that's something I hear a lot. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. Um, another one, I've actually done a topic on this before um, regarding breastfeeding. A lot of people, especially now with breast implants being so, um, so popular, it's actually like the most um, common cosmetic procedure being performed nowadays. And so with so many people having breast implants, they're worried that they can't breastfeed their child. Can you? And that's not, that's not true. No, (laughs) No, you can still breast. So it depends. There's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, but for the most part, if, if I had to pick a general, um, answer or most plastic surgeons had to answer that question, the answer is yes, you can continue to breastfeed, but it does depend on how they do the implants. And so if they're disrupting your duct, so it depends on where they make the incision. Um, if they're cutting into like the glands and ducts and things like that, that could potentially affect like, you know, your ability to breastfeed versus if they do, um, like a cut that's back by, um, your axilla or your underarm, like your armpit, Mm -hmm. or if they do one that's on the, which usually they put it in nowadays, they put it in an area where you can't really tell versus if they're cutting like 
you know, around the nipple and things like that, then sometimes that can um, affect the ducts and maybe the breastfeeding. And then also if it's like above the muscle, like your pec, pectoralis major muscles right there. And so if it's like above your pecs versus under your pecs, like that makes a difference. So there's a lot of things that go into play, but most people nowadays that are doing most plastic surgeons that are doing breast implants, they're, they're doing it, especially if they know that you haven't had children yet. I mean, they're doing it in a way to be able to spare that um, ability. So mm-hmm. that is a common myth that I do um, have to discuss frequently in clinic as well. That's a good one. Um, I didn't know that. I, didn't I know really that never knew that because shit, I might get my titties done one day. Okay, here we go. Lord. I mean, not you know, <laughs> okay. not nothing crazy, but All I'm just right. saying if I ever did want to do that. Is that the same for a reduction though? Too? Oh, that's a good like, question. Can you yeah, still breastfeed. Well, the, yeah, yes. it's a reduction. They're just taking out fat as long well, as they don't cut yeah, out. Yeah, they that don't extra. cut at the right spot. Can you put fat right. in there? So it depends on all the. Oh. It depends on the location on where they're where they're cutting. Um, but nowadays, like I said, most of the procedures, whether it's you know reducing or if they're doing any kind of augmentation in general, um, whether you're increasing the size or decreasing the size, it, it's all about where they cut it. And most people are doing it in a way to be able to spare the integrity of that. So, wow. Yeah. Awesome. I, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. But that's a good question, though. That's a really good question. <laughs> okay. Um, and I guess so now that we've heard some myths, oh, I do have one question that I feel like people always ask. Um, mm-hmm. What happens when you don't pee after sex? Well, what do you mean? Is that a thing? Because you know, oh, people say if you well, don't yeah. pee after sex, you'll get a yeast infection or you'll get well, a UTI. I've heard But a I know UTI, you, you can't a get infection. a yeast infection from it. But you can you get a UTI? Is that, should you really be peeing like directly after sex, or can you be like in the movies where you like lie there and cuddle for a minute? You know, fake talk the wind. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say fall asleep now. But what you if know. you want a snack? I mean, like, you need to pee. I mean, like you can pee and get a snack in one right. go. I mean, yeah, but like sometimes people like to lie there and cuddle and be like, "Hey, how do you think I was? Was I a seven or like oh, you know?" I'm just hungry. Well, okay. <laughs> so do you have to pee after sex? That's the real question. <laughs> no, you, you, do, you do not have to pee after sex, but um, it is something that we recommend routinely for people that are very like women that are very sensitive and get. Um, get urinary tract infections pretty frequently, that can be potentially a cause. And so in patients that get frequent infections, we usually tell them it's good hygiene to go ahead and try to urinate um, after sex. But if you're not having any problems, I always say if it's not broke, why fix it? That's literally mm. how I practice medicine. So, yes. you know, you start reading stuff online, but it's like if it's not an issue for you, you you've been having sex all this time and you're not getting frequent UTIs, you don't need to start doing some like, you know, crazy activity. If it's two o'clock in the morning, you have to get out of bed and go pee and go shower and go wipe. And if you're fine, you don't need to do that. But some people do have to do that if they're getting urinary tract infections after sex. That is so, so good to know. Because I'm always like, mm, gotta pee, gotta pee. And I'm, I always feel like I'm like pee- trying yeah. to like fight the boy to the bathroom first because, you know, they want to go in always. there and wipe down and, you know, do a whole bath segment. And you be standing out there with come on your shirt and, you know, like, damn, can I pee? Can I clean up myself? Because they never want to clean you up. So, you know. That's good to know. That is so good. Yeah, I mean, to I used know. to think that. I mean, people always say it. People are always like, you have to pee after sex. Make sure you pee yes. after sex. But when I peed at, well, I didn't usually do it. 
Okay. And then I heard, kept hearing people say it. So I was like, man, I don't want a UTI. So let mm-hmm. me go ahead and do it because I've never had one before. Mm-hmm. And I kept doing it. And my pee would just, I would just have to like force myself yeah. most of the time. And then sometimes my pee would just be like really hot. Because it's a switch. Like, it would be hot. Like, the the actual, like, stuff that comes out of you, like, when you're horny and aroused is different. And it's, like, just like men have that switch so they don't pee and come with the same thing. You have a switch, too. And that was something that I had read. Somebody, like, kind of explained it. Like, just like men need time to settle down after they orgasm, so do women. Yeah. And that's why you can't sometimes pee directly after sex. Because it still has, like, that pressure. Yeah. Is that true, Dr. Cross? that like that's what it is that kind of stops you from peeing or makes your pee like hot (laughs) because it would just be weird i feel like i'm not the only one to be having hot pee (laughs) i don't know about the temperature um i'm not sure about the temperature but um as far as the warm sensation it's just probably because of the increased blood flow down there um, because the increased okay. blood flow is what causes like engorgement of the clitoris and then the tissues to kind of swell and then produce lubrication. And that's all a part of the arousal, um, before the orgasm. So it's probably just like warm down there from that and from that rush of blood flow down there, but it's probably just more the sensation. I don't, I don't think your pee's actually warmer. It's just like that sensation. <laughs> your pee be burning. Uh, it be, <laughs> be burning I'm when it comes out after sex. Because- I mean, because like I be forcing myself, plus I just had sex. So I just think it's already hot down there. And then I pee and it's like, (laughs) 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 can I ask a follow up question? (laughs) So like I just got a bidet. And that shit has like oh, changed my cool. life. Yes, girl. I know. Yes. And you're right. saving the environment. Big too. money. Big money. Uh, would you suggest <laughs> utilizing it after sex? Oh, oh I would like okay, to use that. Good after question. Sex. And I mean, like, it's a cooling sensation, too. From? So I mean, oh, it might help exactly. that. You can get one on Amazon for like 47 bucks. I'm not, I'm not anything lying. from Amazon. I cannot. I did get it off of Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Unless yeah, it's I mean, a black owned bidet company. Like, let oh. me know. Hit me up. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you're good. So, yeah, I mean, if you're one of the the women that feel like you need to to clean after sex or you need to go urinate after sex, I, it it can't hurt. That would be a good method to use. But again, like if you're not having any issues per se or getting like frequent infections, you don't necessarily need to go use the bidet just because you had sex. It's more so like if you're gonna go, you know, partake in some type of cleansing action or trying to urinate or things like that, then I think that would be a really good option and alternative than hopping in the shower, which some people do. They, they hop in the shower immediately after. Um, so wow. instead of doing all that, I mean, it would be good to utilize the bidet. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people feel like that's, I mean, you know, people are always like, oh, you had sex. You ain't wash up after you dirty. Uh, so, no, you know, I'm no. sorry. If it's Some like midnight booty call hours. Like, oh, no. After we fuck, I'm going to bed. Yeah, bro. You mean, better yeah. fuck me hard enough so I can go to bed. Because ain't nothing like 12 a.m. having somebody come over to fuck and then it's bad dick. And then you up oh. till three, four o'clock looking at porn. Oh, at least you have your snack, though. Like, I mean, <laughs> a snack with your porn. <laughs> <laughs> It's like just plain old saltine crackers. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. So then now that we know some myths, can you tell us, I guess, the 
let's see the the wildest thing you've ever seen someone put in their vagina because you know people are always like oh let me stick stuff in there let me eat this out of your vagina that oh ice cubes will ice cubes cause a yeast infection or uti if somebody eats ice cubes from down there yeah but if it's too much and like bacteria grows and stuff no, I mean ice cubes um should be fine more. unless your your water's dirty. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it should be fine if you have like clean water. I don't I don't see why that would be um an issue. But as far as like wild things, um so everyone's different. <laughs> Everybody has different <laughs> things that please them. Um as far as the vagina, well this actually <laughs> this actually did not happen, but the patient thought it happened. Um, and so I have had situations, um, obviously I've worked in hospital settings, clinical settings, things like that. And so I have had a situation where somebody thought they had like a baby snake Ooh. in their vagina. What? Um, yeah, what? luckily there wasn't, <laughs> luckily there wasn't one in there. Um, but that could have potentially gone on the list of one of the wildest things mm, I've seen wait, in the vagina. Wait, how sway? How do you get a baby snake in your vagina? And like you it crawled like up at night? Like, well, um, it was a situation where someone told her that they put the baby snake in. What? <laughs> what? Um, That's not funny. She so, went all the way and made an appointment with the gynecologist. Like somebody told well, me no, they put a snake in me. This was in the clinic. This was in a hospital setting. It was like in the emergency room. And uh, um, yeah. Where, so, was this like a drunk night? Were there drugs involved? Please let there be drugs involved. Yeah, there was there was a lot involved. Okay, with okay. The situation. Well, it was, it was, was a very involved situation. <laughs> I was just hoping that you know no sorority girl randomly came in. It was like there's a snake in my vagina. Okay, good. Yeah, now luckily nothing was there, but this could have potentially like I didn't know what to think when I was going down there. I was like, huh, oh, you had okay. to, there's no way I, mean, I would have gone look, down there. I, I would There's no way that I would have been I like, well, let's let's wait till it swivels its way out. Then I mean, can we do some pushes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that could have potentially, if there was a snake in there, that could have definitely gone on the list of, Mm, you know, top things that I've seen down there. Um, And then another situation, I actually didn't see it, but I've heard of this um, from a colleague. um, So I didn't go down there this night, but (laughs) there was um, an aerosol can that was in, um, that was stuck in someone's anus. Um, Yeah. I mean, okay. Things like that happen. Yeah, I think it was relatively large. Well, were they (laughs) trying to blow some air in to enlarge the hole? Huh? Clean it out? Why? I think it was just more for the sensation. You know, some people use dildos and vibrators. That big of a. Some people. But the pain. You know, some people like that. What what do you think the circumference of that was? Like a normal penis. Maybe like a Febreze can or something smaller than a Febreze can. Well, I I wasn't. I didn't actually examine it. This was a colleague that went down there and I was like, wow, looks like you guys are having an interesting night. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But so I guess in my head, I imagined something like, yeah, the size of like a Febreze or a Lysol can or something like that. Um, But I don't know. I didn't actually see it. But that that was something that was, I guess, more on the wild side. And, you know, no judgment. Everybody, you know, does what they do as hey, far as their I'm pleasure. judging. Yeah. Somebody got to do it The list here. that people go for some pegging, man. I just, 
I just hope maybe they got paid for this. You could just sit on a dildo. Like they have dildos that like attach in the shower and on the floor. He could have literally just sat on the dildo. And some people want the feeling of an aerosol cane in their butthole. I I mean, it's cold, probably. I mean, but what if it's dangerous? It can get stuck, and that's what it was. And you end up having surgery, you know, trying to get things removed. They couldn't just pull it out, huh? Wow. So I guess that's 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 the PSA. Like you know, be careful what you put in. Everything that you put in has to come out. So I heard, you know, just <laughs> I heard that beware. if you keep having anal sex, like your anus could come out, and there's no surgery to fix it. <laughs> that's I've heard your that anus, before. They your, said your, your asshole is gonna fall your out. Is that what you say? Something gonna come out that inside. That is such a lie. And that there's no surgery to fix it. So then don't the same do it. thing would happen to your vagina then. No. The anus is not the so same. So the as thing your about something is. So what can happen with anal sex or anything, any kind of penetration, I guess, at all in the in the anus. So you're you have muscles around the anus that form like the anal sphincter. And so that sphincter is what we're able to control to defecate, right? So if you damage those muscles, you tear those muscles, um, what have you, whether it be from giving birth to a child <laughs> and those muscles are in that same area, whether it's doing that or what? whether it's from like traumatic, you know, anal sex or continued anal sex, what can happen is it becomes like more lax and or the muscles can tear and be damaged. And then basically it's just like it's not a sphincter at that point it's just kind of open and you kind of lose control over your continent so people people do develop fecal incontinence sometimes from um anal sex nothing falls out per se um unless you're talking about like a hemorrhoid or something like coming out but nothing's gonna fall out but it's just just what i know it's not gonna be it's not gonna be as tight anymore and you you need that versus, you know, you talk about the vagina, like being tight or loose or things like that. And, you know, that's fine. That's not going to really affect. I mean, it's going to affect your pleasure, but it's not going to affect your bodily function versus the anal sphincter. It needs to be tight because when it's not time to poop, you want to make sure that your poop is staying inside. So it's, if it opens oh, up, it's the it's sphincter, the thing coming. that like opens almost like a mira- like a mirage thing. Like it's like you can feel your sphincter, right? It's your butthole. And like when you yeah. poop too much, like it kind of like hangs out a little bit. Well, not hangs out, but like it's kind of <gasps> no, not the poop, the, the sphincter, like, like guys. Yeah, the sphincter is just, just <laughs> I think it's like keep under it, the keep skin. it closed, keep it tight, keep everything yeah. inside. Every yeah, so it's really tight. So when it loosens up, then yeah, when you, you could be sitting in a meeting, you know, at a board meeting with you know coworkers, and then you have to poop instead of saying like, okay, I'm gonna go poop after this. It's just hello, you know, oh, and it comes man. right out. So are there so. kegels for your so butthole? Li- oh god, like <laughs> how, do we, how do we strengthen yeah. the asshole? <laughs> well, it's not saying that everybody that has anal sex is going to have that, but oh, no. what you were describing sounded like what you were talking about, and so I'm just saying that that is a potential, you know, side effect of, um, you know penetration of the of the anus so ladies um if you want to get out of butt stuff with your boo thing okay are you side nigga you go ahead and tell him that you don't want your sphinx thingy okay sphincter (laughs) sphincter (laughs) to lose its beautiful shape 
and muscles, and therefore nothing goes in your ass. All right, you just let them know straight. Or then if and you there. like that, don't be afraid to do it because I mean, just do it safely. It's fine. Next question. That's it. That's like our time. Our time went by so quickly. That oh, wow, half really? an hour, like, really kind of like swung by. Okay. But we definitely want to have you back, Dr. Cross, on the show. Of course, because you're our resident gyno for this season. We still got another, you know, five to seven episodes left. So definitely want to have you back on the show. Help, hopefully, have more questions like from our listeners, like what they yeah. want to hear and the questions that they might have for you. Um, to yeah, talk about. absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. So I definitely will be willing to come back. Yay. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. And guys, we will take a break and we will be right back. From intimate destination and micro weddings to large scale virtual and in-person conferences, trust a spoonful of planning to create unique personalized event experiences that exceed your wildest dreams. Collaborate with a dedicated, caring, and experienced team to bring your event vision to fruition, one spoonful at a time. Contact A Spoonful of Planning today for your free consultation. Okay, and guys, that wraps up another episode of Ladylike as Fuck. We would like to thank Dr. Cross for being on the show and Tanisha for being on the show. Dr. Cross, if you could just go ahead and quickly shout out your social media so if people want to get in contact with you, they can. Sure, um, absolutely. So on Instagram, my um, handle is at tcross underscore md and then on twitter it's at tamika cross md and then on facebook i have a page that is called the pink room by dr tamika cross oh and the pink room is awesome i've been following the pink rooms and i love all of the myths that you have on there and you have all these different like things that you do every day and you have talks with um your um i don't know what you call your followers on instagram and you're so interactive on Instagram, which <laughs> is awesome because there are not a lot of like gynecologists, especially black female gynecologists and young ones at that, um, who really are active on social media the way you are to the point where people can, you know, message you and, and have a conversation with you. So that's definitely awesome and something I know our listeners would definitely appreciate as well. Um, thank you. So thank you. And Tanisha, can you go ahead and shout out your information one more time so everybody can hear it? Yeah, you can find me on my personal blog at TanishaLMoody.com or on Instagram at TanishaLMoody. In addition, if you're looking for some creative special events assistance, you can find me at a spoonful of planning.com or on Instagram at a spoonful of planning.com. And of course, you can get in touch with your favorite hosts, Danny and Lexi, um, at Danny's personal Instagram page at Danny dot Danny Darling and also on the ladylike 
podcast with two T's Instagram. And uh, our Twitter is ladylike as fuck. We also have a page on Facebook if you want to follow. And then, of course, definitely go online to our website, ladylikeafpodcast.com, where you'll get updates about new episodes, our um, guests that we have, and information about things that you've heard on the show. So definitely go ahead and check our resources page as well. And good news for you guys. Next week, we will be live on oh, YouTube. YouTube. Well, not live, but we will be recorded on YouTube. So you'll be able to see our lovely faces. We are all beautiful. Please understand that. Okay, this is a room <laughs> of fucking beauty here. All right, we'll be cute. We're going to be cute. And you'll be able to see us and hopefully interact with us more. So we can't wait to see you. And we will be back next week. Remember, pinkies up, hoes. Oh, no.